Gospel according to Matthew, the 16th chapter. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now years ago, when I worked in adolescent mental health, we started each morning on the inpatient treatment program with a community meeting. And though we covered a lot of different topics during those 30-minute meetings, one of the most important things that came from them was listening to how each individual teenager was feeling at the start of their day. As they introduced themselves to the larger group, they were asked to name two or three emotions that would best describe how they were feeling at that very moment. If they struggled to put a name on the emotions they were experiencing, there was a large feelings chart on the wall with the names of 50 plus emotions and their corresponding facial expressions to help them. Irritable, angry, sad, indifferent, anxious, bored, hopeful, to name just a few. I would be willing to bet that each of us has experienced many, if not all, of those 50-plus emotions over the summer and certainly over the past six months. Sunday morning worship, weddings, and funerals, graduations, family gatherings, and summer vacations have all looked and felt very different. The tragic death of George Floyd on Memorial Day and the social unrest that followed shook not only our communities and our country, but the world too, challenging, challenging us to reflect on our beliefs and our behaviors and have important and courageous conversations around systemic racism, equity, equality, and inclusion. We have faced severe weather that has wreaked havoc on crops, livestock, homes, and communities. Postponements and cancellations are no longer the exception. 
There is no question as we stand closer to the season of fall and the beginning of a new school year that the past six months have been a whirlwind filled with a roller coaster of emotions. As we near the end of this different summer, I have found myself reflecting on that roller coaster ride. And as I prepared for this weekend, I also found myself reflecting on our biblical journey together. This summer, we heard stories about discipleship. We have witnessed Jesus feed 5,000 plus, walk on water, and cast out demons. We have seen Jesus bringing new life, proclaiming life, delivering life, celebrating life. And now today, we find ourselves here at this place where the shadow of the cross begins to emerge. Last weekend, we heard Peter's profession of faith. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. In turn, Jesus proclaimed that Peter was the rock on whom the church would be built. Today, we move from Peter as cornerstone to Peter as stumbling block. We move to the cost and the promise of discipleship. It is here that Jesus teaches his disciples that the Son of Man would indeed suffer, be rejected, killed, and raised from the dead. But Peter, the cornerstone, was rebuked by Jesus, for he was still thinking according to human standards and not divine revelation. He was focused on earthly things, thus the stumbling block. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If anyone want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now let me be clear. These words are not an invitation to discipleship, but rather a reflection on what it means to be a disciple for those who have already responded to the call of Christ. In this context, the disciples. To believe in Jesus Christ is to reorient one's life toward the good news. It is not about our decision, but rather how we respond to what Jesus has already done for us. Believing, knowing, and trusting that Jesus always loves you, always forgives you, is relentlessly chasing after you, surrounding you with grace, and will never give up on you. And this call to discipleship is a matter of genuine confession. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. It is about boldly proclaiming and living out our faith centered and rooted in Christ. So the call to discipleship is a matter of community. It is not an individualistic endeavor. It never has been. We do not go at it alone. Rather, we are called as brothers and sisters shaped by Christ to live out this good news in thanksgiving, again, for what God has done for us. And we do this even when we are together 
from a distance. C.S. Lewis said it this way, to have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There would be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you have really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you are trying to obey him, but trying in a new way, a less worried way. Not doing these things in order to be saved, but because he has begun to save you already. Not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions, but inevitably wanting to act in a certain way because a first faint gleam of heaven is already inside you. So how do we do this? How do we act to reflect that first faint gleam of heaven already inside us? Now I want you to think about your context. Think about your life at home, at work. It doesn't matter if it's virtual or at school. doesn't matter if it's distant or hybrid. Think about the community around you. Now think about your social media accounts your posts, your behaviors, your conversations with classmates, co-workers, friends, and strangers. Think about your relationships, your spouse, your children, and your grandchildren. Now with that in mind, hear the words of Paul in his letter to the Romans from the Message Bible. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they are happy. Share tears when they are down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch, or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Yes, these past months have had their ups and downs to be sure. But faith in Christ doesn't mean or promise the ups and downs will be absent, the pain and suffering will be a thing of the past. Rather, we are promised that we will never go at this life alone. 
For Jesus loves you, always forgives you, is relentlessly chasing after you, and will never give up on you. And because of what he has done for you and me, think back to your context, where you are. I pray that our actions as a community of faith shaped by Christ and as individuals reflect that first faint gleam of heaven inside each and every one of us out into the world, now more than ever. I pray that we all strive to be genuine, loving disciples, truly genuine, the true and honest version, to love our neighbor and be a blessing to others in the world. May we strive to be a cornerstone of God's love and not a stumbling block in all that we think, say, and do. Let it be so. Amen.